Hello, fellow Xbox adventurers. Welcome to this week's episode of Xbox Quest, the Southeastern Conference's number one Xbox podcast, the home for all news, reviews, and segments on the world of Xbox. On this week's show, we discuss uh, some of the news, some of the new games coming out. It's uh, would have been E3. We got a lot of uh, new next-gen and current-gen games we're going to talk about. Uh, Star Wars got a new game announced this week. Uh, the main quest will be uh, after the PS5 reveal this past week. How are we feeling about next-gen just in general? Xbox and uh, otherwise. Uh, we will be reviewing uh, Minecraft Dungeons, available on Game Pass, and then we will pick a new game for next week. Today I'm joined, as always, by uh, Chris Anderson's doppelganger, uh, Jake Burden. Westbrook has a block by Anderson. Anderson with his third block. Greetings, everyone. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm not sure I look anything like Chris Anderson, but I appreciate that I had the nickname Birdman before he did. So, you know, I'll take what I can get, you know? You get, just give it time. The more <laughs> weeks we get into this, the more ridiculous these nicknames are going to be. They're gonna have nothing, it's going to be like a guy's middle name was Jake, and I'm like, I guess that's good enough. That's fair. I'll work on getting my first neck tattoo. How's about that? Yeah, and a mohawk, right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to stand this up. It's close enough. And then ride LeBron's coattails to multiple championships. I don't blame you. I got big ring fingers, so, you know, we can <laughs> work about, something out. <laughs> about six of them on there. Uh, this being our first episode of Xbox Quest, we want to kind of meet the host. You know, you guys might not know who we are, or maybe only know one or two of us. So I guess, Jake, I'm going to ask you first. Who are you? Uh, so I'm just a small-town caveman lawyer from South Carolina. Uh. Not really. I really am from South Carolina, uh, here in the Southeast. Um, I've been playing games my whole life. Uh, I have my stuff that I'm into, I, and we'll, you guys will find out more about my particular taste, I imagine, throughout this episode and the weeks to come, and we'll discuss that, I guess. But I am, uh, for an Xbox podcast, I am not a Microsoft loyalist. I am Even. not. I'm not a Sony loyalist. I am a my personal video game experience loyalist. The last three gens, I've owned each each uh, major company's console from GameCube to 360 and now the PS4. And then, of course, I have an Xbox One because I am a sadist and I own all the consoles and a gaming PC. I'm trying to live that life. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I want the what is the best for me and the games that I'm playing. So I am here with uh, open eyes and open heart. and. Uh, over the course of until the, the next gen comes out, we're going to figure out which console I'm going to be getting. You guys right. maybe will have sway over that, or maybe focusing on Xbox will drive me away. We'll have to find out. That'd be crazy. It's like, I do an Xbox podcast, I hate Xbox. Yeah, you turned, <laughs> you turned her against me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so as for me, I'm Adam. Um, I am an Xbox fan. Uh, I'm also like Jake. I own every console that comes out just recently got this gaming PC. So I might just be a PC master race guy from now on, but I I've been predominantly Xbox. Like anytime there's multiplayer, multi-plat um, games, I'm always going to Xbox. Uh, I play the other consoles pretty much for the exclusives and my friends play Xbox. So that's kind of my, where my love is. The first console I bought with my own money was an N64. But after that, it was the original Xbox. Um, and I had a great time with it and I've kind of been, I'm sticking to that ever since. So yeah, I'm just a dude from Kentucky. I love Xbox and all gaming in general. And, uh, I like to do podcasts. Apparently I do entirely too many. So we're going to keep it going, Jake. Let's add another one to the, to the list. You bought your own N64? Yes. I also, uh, here's what I did, right? I saved up money for it. I also bought it after the game had already come out. So technically it was a dead call. Oh. Okay. But as a kid, I was like, I don't care. I wanted a 64. And I had some fun Respect. with it. Respect. Okay. But then I was like, hey, let me buy a console <laughs> where games actually come out <laughs> for it. And then that's when I got the Xbox first. The timeline clearing up makes a, that make a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. I, I bought a 64. It was like 2001 when I bought the N64. <laughs> it I, was like, we're about, I was like, we're about the same age. And the N64 came out when I was six years old. So yeah, I was still I young. I was like 10, yeah. 11. But I, yeah, it was after it, its heyday. Okay. I still had a good time. I was a dumb kid buying stupid stuff. Yeah. 
And uh, worth mentioning, I think that uh, me and my good friend Adam here, despite being from different states, we uh, met through our mutual fandom of the Kind of Funny podcast. Um, mm-hmm. They are uh, lovely folks up there, and uh, we hope to match their level of garbage trucks on fire. Um, but we have been uh, playing in a, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign for the last year and a half now. Yep. Does that time make sense? Yeah. About so, 18 months, yeah. Yeah, so we've been pretending to talk to each other as other characters for a long time, and this will be us in a podcast talking to each other as our actual selves. So that should be interesting. It'll, Maybe it'll I just be... like his character, and I don't like him at all. We're going to yeah, find so you, out together. You might hate me. You're like, go back to the d <laughs> thing. You suck. <laughs> I liked you better when you were a Gith Yankee. Yeah. God, that's a deep cut. Like, I know what that is. We know what that is. Nobody else is going to know what that is. Unless they listen oh, to the other podcasts, I suppose. You guys are going to get deep into tabletop lore, I think, because that's part of what me and Adam like. So we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, there's games that are very much into D&D, which I'm all about. But There anyway. are going to be multiple tabletop references on this show later. A hundred percent. The games we right. talk about. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and we'll get into the news for the week. Uh, first up on the docket, we have... A new Star Wars game. Jake, I'm hyped for this. It Ooh. got leaked before because we, we decided to record on Monday nights. Uh podcast comes out probably Tuesday morning or whatever. Whenever you listen to this, there was a leak of a Star Wars game on the Xbox store. I'm like, dope. And then they were like, EA said, you know what? We're just going to show you the trailer on Monday. So we got to see it before recording. Star Wars uh, Squadron. It is a X-Wing TIE fighter with those kind of, uh, you know, it's a, it's a Starfighter game. Uh, it's got a campaign. A 5v5 multiplayer mode, it'll be $40, comes out in October. I am very excited because I like Star Wars way too much. Uh, how do you feel, I guess, after seeing the trailer and the leaks? Um, So I feel very good. Uh, I, I really did enjoy the Rogue Squadron series back during my time with the GameCube. Um, so there's a lot of fun in that, and that that started a lot of my like Star Wars lore interest in getting into like the names of the ships and stuff that's not really mentioned in the shows. So I'm sure that'll be the same for a lot of people in with this generation of gaming, where maybe some of the, the younger crowd is like, "Oh, that's called a B-wing. Never would have known that." Or mm-hmm. so that uh that was a big part of my Star Wars fandom that I'm definitely carrying over into this title. My big question is. How do they differentiate it from the spaceship battles in Battlefront 2? That's true. Because I believe it's Motive. At least I know they're doing... Uh, Motive worked on Battlefront 2 story mode. So it's mm-hmm. the same um, studio there. I don't know. The, the fact that it's first person, um, I guess, changes a little bit. But honestly, I don't... It probably will be similar to Battlefront 2, to be honest. It was a pretty good starship system. I hope that, you know... It's only starships, so they do a little more work and polish it up. But I mean, I thought the starship stuff was good in Battlefront. So if they do that, but just a little bit better, I'm not going to be mad about it. That's yeah. From what I understand, I I stopped playing Battlefront two after I beat the story. I didn't really get too much in the multiplayer, so I don't know how deep that got. I know they did a lot since the launch, since it's heavily criticized launch fairly to kind of work on overcoming that and trying to add support and make the loot boxes less of a problem. I don't know if any of that applied to the starship battles. I know it was really heavy into like, Oh, there's no heroes and more people you can play as besides just normal stormtroopers and stuff. But I don't, I honestly don't know how, how much they expanded the battle, like the, the starship combat from day one to day, whatever it is now. So I don't as know. A guy, if they were just, yeah, no, as a guy who's played 100 hours of Battlefront 2, none of that microtransaction stuff was in the actual release of the game. Well, by the time I played it, maybe it was... I know that there was a big hoopla or whatever, but I played the the Star the star Battle mode, and there's like a hero starship mode where you just play like Millennium Falcon and you know all that stuff. Slave it, 1, yeah. Yeah, and then there's just a normal mode. It's None of that stuff bothered me, or it wasn't even a thing. Like, you'd have to worry about paying microtransactions to play Slave 1. You just literally picked it and you played it. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, no, all that stuff was good. When it just comes to actual gameplay, it felt solid to me. So yeah, I, I believe there was a press release for it, and I read it earlier. But I think there's uh, no micro, no microtransactions. I think besides like cosmetics, if you want it. I so, did see that. Yeah, whatever. I saw no microtransactions. Definitely a story mode, and just just the five on five is interesting too. You figure there, if it's anything like Battlefront's two story, which was fairly limited. That they kind of really committed Battlefront to being multiplayer heavy, but for them to really commit to it being five on five, I wonder what other game modes they're going to have. And 
they're going to treat it like, you know, how a regular five on five multiplayer would be, but like maybe there's like some sort of capture the flag or capture the point, but in space mm-hmm. or just also, team death. Yeah, it's a $40 title as well. So they, you kind of manage your expectations there, but yeah, I think it was, they announced two modes. I'd have to go back and read the story and see what they were. So at the moment, two modes in a story mode, like I said, maybe add two modes and a bunch of maps. And for 40 bucks, I'm not going to complain. Cause again, it, it would be nice if it was a full-fledged thing, but for 40 bucks, and if I get to fly around in a U-Wing and blow some stuff up, like I'll be happy with it. You give me I'm a also, Star Wars story, I'm going to play it. Yeah. I'm also very forgiving of Star Wars. <laughs> very yeah. much. Fair. If it's, if it's okay, Star Wars, I don't care. I'm all about it. Should we scare people away now and just go ahead and say that Last Jedi is my favorite? Just let people go ahead and know in episode one, like, if you're going to be that kind of person, like, so here's where I am. I want to disagree with you to maybe save us, but I I also kind of like that movie, so that's not. It's the best Star Wars movie. I don't know if I'd say it's the best, but it's very it's a it's my top. I know top what half. I said. I know what you said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on from Star Wars, we have just the replacement for E3, uh, where you have IGN Summer of Gaming, which is a I believe it's going to be a couple week long, just showing every day showing new games off. Uh, Gorilla Collective, which is sort of the same thing, but for indie titles. And then we're also going to talk about the PS5 reveal, just based on the fact that there are a lot of games that are multi-platform and just cool games, period. So between IGN, Summer of Gaming, between Gorilla Collective, and the PS5 reveal event, what are games that we've seen this summer that are either coming out the end of this year or are next-gen games that we're excited for? So starting with IGN for me, for the Summer of Games, the... The first one that stood out is one that I had seen footage of before. It wasn't a reveal, but it was one that we saw more of. And it looks right up my alley, and that's Star Renegades. Star Renegades was the, uh, it's a tactical RPG, turn-based, very like sci-fi, future-esque. And uh, just the art style looks amazing. And there looks to be a lot of like combat options, and it looks like it's going to be a really solid like tactical RPG, almost like in the left or right style of like how um, South Park Fractured but Whole was. Oh, okay. Where you've got your left to right, and looks like there's some moving back and forth, and it's turn-based RPG that way. But there is some some movement involved as well, and the enemies look great, and the art style just looks like that like advanced pixelation. Where you feel like it could be an old game, but the pixelation and art all looks way too amazing for you. Like it's got to be new, and that it just looks like something I exactly want to play, and I'm very looking forward to that. Yeah, that was uh, was that the, like the post-apocalyptic cyberpunk? Like they were fight, they were like robot people fighting like monsters that were talking and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it was very like 2D from kind of the side angle, and yeah. there, yeah, left to right on the little map. Yeah, it looks really nice. I love the colors and the aesthetic of it. It looks really mm-hmm. pretty. It's beautiful. All right, so for me, I'll just go ahead and go with an IGN game. This one's yeah. not even that big of a deal. I don't know why I picked it out, but Pathfinder Kingmaker, it was on PC, coming to console. I heard that people were like, it's all right at best. Whatever, a tabletop game, I'll try it out. The only reason one, that I... Go ahead. I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people who told them that. So Because I have played it on PC, and it, it's good. It's a, it's a fun time. Uh, but there there are other games like it that do it better like Pillars of Eternity, and probably like Divinity. Um, That's the thing. But, I love Divinity so much, and I'm sure I'm going to be disappointed because this, this doesn't match up. But at this point, anything I can get like Divinity, I'm, I'm just like, I'll try it out. Because yeah. I'm not positive, but I feel like this is a Game Pass game. It very well could be, once it comes out. I don't know or not. Either way, uh, that's coming to console now as a complete edition, so it'll have the updates and the DLC and stuff. Again, I'll just play more Divinity, which also got more DLC added that was announced this uh, mm-hmm. this week, which is just free DLC. But I'm like, you know, these kind of games, man, they kind of get me. So I'm at least willing to look into it. Um, not the biggest deal in the world, but I'm a sucker. Pathfinder's pretty cool. So That's why I played it. I mean, I, I literally, I mean, you both same. I love those kind of games. So I was like, I literally have to give this a try. Like even if it's even if it's not great, even if it's you know a seven, where we're used to like like the games that just came before it, like by Obsidian, are incredible. It's still like well, this is good, and there's like some cool party mates, and I didn't get very far into it, but it just felt like <clears throat> kind of like yeah, here's here's the thing you like, enjoy it, and I'm yeah. never I'm never mad at that kind of stuff. That's fine. I say if either sale on Game Pass, I'll definitely check that out. 
But that was it for me from IGN. They've been putting out a lot of stuff, but I didn't want to run too long in the show. So from IGN specifically, that's it for me. Was there anything else from you from that show? The only other one that I'm I'm not sure of, but it has potential for me to get into it, and I'll need more details once it comes out, especially because I've never played the first two of the series, but Wasteland 3 they showed some mm-hmm. footage of. Um, and uh, it looks kind of... It, with the little bit of gameplay I think they actually showed in that trailer, there was a little bit of XCOM vibes. Same thing, kind of like turn-based, but more like top-down map management, moving people around. But um, the real selling point for me for that was it seems like it's all based on like this faction system hmm. where there are... They seem to list you know 10 or 12 different factions that you can ally yourself with. And um, games that give me the option to have choice and have like agency when I'm playing them are always at the top of my list. Yep. So if you let me feel like I can have a sway over the way the game is decided, even if it's minor or if it's huge, like if you just, you know, you can decide to be in the main villains group and you're like supporting their faction and that changes the whole game. Like I love that kind of stuff and I love getting to play it multiple times and seeing how much they were able to do with different factions. So if the game turns out well, the concept is there for me. Mm-hmm. So that one Those- stuck out because of that. Yeah, that, those games I played uh, too, and the people who made that game were some of the guys who originally did Fallout One and Two, like back on the mm-hmm. PC. So th- it's very Fallout, but with you know, sort of like an XCOM-ish style um, combat. But yeah, like you said, like you can do whatever you want, turn on whoever you want, help whoever you want. You can kill everybody, and then it's like, all right, well, what are you gonna do? Like you can do whatever. It's it's like old school Fallout. You can literally just do whatever you want, and yeah, you can play through that. Like you could beat quote-unquote beat the game like halfway through but just making the wrong choices and the game just ends because there's nothing to do i guess like if you want that crazy with it so no i've been excited for that one too that's uh i've had that pre-installed on the xbox ever since they put it up on game pass because that is a microsoft uh, own studio so we're gonna get that one for free so very nice very nice yeah all right so uh <coughs> gorilla collective more of the indie kind of stuff um they've had a pretty good showing what uh what stood out to you from them? Should we go ahead and do the one we want to talk about? This is an Xbox show. And this is an Xbox show. And you guys you guys it's got Xbox in the title. It's, it's gonna be about Xbox. But oh man, Baldur's Gate 3. Hey, let's just say oh. these are the guys who made Divinity. <laughs> so it'll eventually come to console. And also, it's on PC, which is a Microsoft platform. So technically, we can talk about it. You are correct. Is it coming to Mac? I don't know. Don't care. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're very excited for Ball's Grade 3. We've talked about that already, even when when they did the first reveal and showed all the gameplay back at... I don't remember what event that was. PAX East. First reveal at PAX East, yeah. And and we've been very excited for that. And you show us more of that, and we're going to have a good time. So more of that, um, more of that turn-based RPG, party-based system, uh, very tactical. Yeah, I'm in. So it's pretty much like with Divinity, which is actually really good, or like <laughs> Pathfinder, but probably a better version. Except for it's officially licensed D and D, which it's dumb, but it makes it better. Like our characters that we play in our campaign are, I can literally make. Like one of the first races they show is is the Git. Like I can legit just make my character from the D and D show that we do and just, and they already make, like I said, a divinity original sin two might be my favorite RPG of all time. Like it's in like the top five uh, Hmm. without a doubt. And now they're just like, Hey, here's money. And here's a license that people care about. I'm like, like, just go ahead and give it to me. Like I tweeted and they immediately tweeted back to me with the gif of a, um, the dude from the Simpsons said, putting it in my veins. What's his name? Barney? No. Who's the drunk from the Simpsons? Mo? Mo's the bartender. Mo's the bartender. No, the, the drunk guy who burps. Whatever. The studio tweeted back at me with that because I said put it in my veins and they had sent me the gif of him saying put it in my veins. It was pretty pretty awesome. You guys have found one of my lifelong blind spots in The Simpsons. Uh, okay. I know very, very little about it apart from what has been memed. <clears throat> Old men walking into bushes and back out of them or something. I think I combined two of them there. Yeah, you definitely combined one. I got you though. Uh, <laughs> That's somehow funnier. How come no one's done that? Can we get the grandpa walking into the bush and back out? Back out of the bush? That'd be a good. I'm gonna gift that. But yeah, no. Either way, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Baldur's Gate. I'm all about. Uh, so 
this is kind of a turn away from RPG sort of games. I was interested in, I believe this was shown at E3 last year. Um, there was a open beta for it that I missed because I just downloaded it too late. Uh, but a game called West of Dead, which uh, starring Ron Perlman as the main, as the voice of the main character. So I'm like, all right, let's go. Um, it is a sort of like a graphic novel looking game where you're in the Wild West, but you're like, you're a dude with a skeleton head. And it's just twin, it's a twin stick shooter. Um, but yeah, you're fighting like mythical creatures, like were creatures and like demons. And I, it looks wild. I'm like Ron Perlman, twin stick shooter, weird wild west. Like if you're a cowboy, you got me in. Like that's another thing Jake knows I love. It's tabletop games and cowboys. I'll just, I'm all in about it. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, there was, I, I did, I missed a chance to play it. But looking at the gameplay, it's like, yeah, I like a good twin stick. Ron Perlman's in it. It looks weird and creepy. Cowboys, like, I mean, yeah, go ahead, put that in my veins too. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm. I'm also a big fan of a good twin stick shooter. I, which made me very excited for, unrelated to Xbox, but that Housemark is back, and then it's not twin stick, but like Alien Nation and Helldivers were fantastic, and I'm very excited for what they're doing. We'll cover that on a podcast that's not about uh, Xbox. Um. I would say the other one from from Guerrilla Collective that got my attention, and it's a questionable one, because I'm it's one of those games that you look at and you go, this could either be really fun or really bad, and I don't know which one, and we'll find out when it comes out. But that Almighty Kill Your Gods, um, yeah, mm-hmm. looked interesting. Just looked like a big, you know, large monsters action RPG, you know. Uh, Getting to looks like there was some multiplayer aspects involved, and you just jumping onto these giant. They're fighting some sort of monstrous turtle or something in the trailer, and uh, it looks like there could be some pretty cool stuff there. Uh, it or it could be not good at all. And a lot of the character designs look very similar to each other, so I don't know how they differentiate that or if they're even trying to. But it was one that did draw my attention a little bit. I had me thinking about it. Where I go, this could be really fun or a mess and i'm interested to see which one it is yes keep an eye on it either way maybe yeah if they make it that premise sound and play interesting i'll check it out i like indie games dude like i'll support it even if it's not the best thing if you got a cool idea and you do pretty good at it i'm there for it yeah it's fair all right so i guess if that's it for your gorilla game um I guess we're going to move on to the heavy hitter, the PS5 reveal. Again, this is an Xbox show, but there were a lot of multi-plat games, and also, they just showed off a lot of good stuff, to be honest with you. Like I said, we, we play every console, and they show some dope stuff, but we'll talk about the stuff that is multi-platform, and I believe these will all be next-gen games as well. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and start out and say it, Hitman 3. Like, I don't care. Just show me the bald dude in a tie, and I, I'm all in. I, I love... I've played every scenario every map every contract everything in those games uh the the newer ones the hitman one and two the reboots um i love hitman i'm like hitman three don't even care i'll buy it i'll buy it day one i don't care what it is just <laughs> let me uh just tell me the day and i'll have it downloaded uh yeah you i can't say more i love hitman three it doesn't matter what it is i'll play it that's one of your games where you didn't need to see the trailer to know it was coming like that was uh my last version of that was not my last version. There had to be more in between, but Mass Effect Three for me was like, don't show me anything. I'm going to buy this game on the first day, the most expensive one you put out. I don't care what any of it looks like. I don't even want to see. I avoided the trailers. I avoided everything. I bought the collector's edition and then threw the art book they gave me away because I was like, I don't want to accidentally see any characters. I didn't throw it in the garbage. <laughs> I didn't throw it in the garbage, but I was like, I don't even want to look at this. I want to turn on the game and not know what in the world's about to happen. And have a great time. So that's good to know. Hitman is your is one of your series like yeah. that. Yeah, I inst- I like the big games and I like the AAA things. But for me, it'll be random stuff. From like I'm all in. Like, yeah, like it's Hitman. It's like I don't care. I'll buy it there day one. I don't, I don't give a damn. People are like, either you like Hitman or you don't know about it. Or like you know, but like people are like either you love it or you don't care. But I'm like, yeah, I just I'm all, I'll buy a Hitman three shirt right now. Dare me. <laughs> well, yeah, they certainly have a formula they followed since the what original Xbox and PS2 that they they did something and they did it well and they've just kept doing that thing and kept doing it incrementally better since the year 2000. Yeah, and we'll like, see if 3 did the thing cuz 
two, it was running on a new engine. So like all the maps in two had like like you get in long grass. Like there were different things. And then they were like, hey, did you have one? You can play all of one's maps with these new updates and all in the same package. So if I get to go to three and it's like you have three games worth of content, just here it is, all in the new you know, it'll be on next gen consoles. Like get it ray trace, do this, whatever, whatever they decide to do. And here's all three games together. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, it doesn't. I'll pay. I'll pay it all. I'll pay a hundred dollars for all of it. I don't care. I'm crazy. <laughs> I'll you I'll buy a shirt. So yeah, um, all about Hitman Three. That's great. Uh, so one of mine that stuck out, and we've gotten a little bit of mixed messaging here as far as whether or not this is a PlayStation exclusive or if it's multi-platform. But it's a recent thing we've seen that it is coming to Xbox and PlayStation Five, and that was Kena Bridge of Spirits. Uh, that game immediately stood out to me. I thought the art style looked great. For those of you who didn't see it, it looks like um, kind of an uh, uh, action game, third person, where there's some melee fighting and characters wielding a spear. But there's also these little, like, um, it looks like the Soot Sprites from Spirited Away. Not from Spirited Away, I'm sorry, from Totoro. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it, it gave me, like, Pikmin vibes, where the these little, like, uh, these little spirit i'm assuming it's called bridge of spirits are were uh like helping her move things around there was obstacles on the map that she was moving and manipulating through them and i really enjoyed pikmin so if you give me pikmin but with like an actual action combat vibe thrown in and it's done well then i'm going to enjoy that a lot i can already tell but and it looked great too i like there was one image where she defeats a monster and then it like morphs into like a tree and the grass immediately all like resurfaces and it's just like restoring nature. And that seems like kind of the theme of a game and uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It looks like it's going to be very, very pretty to look at on the next console too. Yeah. Uh, that's one. I don't know if it's coming to Xbox specifically. Uh, the, the thing we looked at said it wasn't exclusive, but it's coming to PC regardless because it's literally listed on the Epic game store. Mm-hmm. So um, Xbox fans, you might get it. If not, get you a PC and check it out. It does look, it looks very cool, and yeah. I I wouldn't think it's the thing I would care about personally, but looking at the trailer, I'm like, that's something I, I'd be willing to give it a shot. What else you got from uh from the PlayStation Show, Adam? All right, my other one. This one is a limited exclusive, which it's crazy. Well, it's one of the Bethesda games um, that were shown at the show. It's weird that Bethesda made a like a time exclusive deal, but I guess um, Square. And Crystal kind of did it with Tomb Raider a couple years ago. But yeah, Deathloop is, for me, um, one of the best-looking games that was at that uh, that event. I love Arcane. Again, I'm one of the 100 people who played all the Dishonored's. <laughs> and uh, it's just, God, the style of it, dude. I'm all about it. Like it, lo- it just legit looks like if you played Dishonored but not have to do as stealth. So like you have all the Dishonored powers, but they want you to kill people. And it's in, it's really like... I was saying earlier, it kind of it's kind of stylized like We Happy Few, like everyone's like wearing like weird masks and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like let me run in here, run up, kill all these dudes. I get capped. I restart the loop. I go again. You can have um, kind of like Dark Souls. You get invaded by other the other assassin. It can be like a real player, and like they'll just go. I don't. Know, it seems awesome, dude. Like I'm gonna go through that game. Then I'm gonna start griefing people and coming into their games and killing them. It's going to be a good time. And yeah, like the, for me, the style is like, it, it looks really cool. I totally missed the idea, or the maybe this wasn't in the trailer, but I missed the idea that the other assassins could be live players. Yeah, I think you have the option to turn it on or off, but it can be another person. Okay, where otherwise the assassins will be there one way or another. I because you, that's like your mission to take them down and escape this terrible loop your character's in. But they could also be played by people. That's very interesting. Yeah. That's definitely a next gen. Well, it's not the only game they ever do it, but that's definitely sounds like a next gen. Like you get to play co op, and they're yeah. gonna kill you in your games. But yeah. yeah, that's always been very frustrating for me. But it's definitely yeah, you can turn a cool it off, thing though. to yeah, very cool thing to be able to do. And I love when any game uses their gameplay as part of their narrative. Yeah. So anytime you allow a game to, and it's all the simplest stuff, like. It's so easy to just be like, yeah, well, you fell down the cliff, but you respawn and you load back there. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But anytime, it's so little. And it, it, does, it never is enough to make a game good or interesting. But anytime a game can kind of explain away 
the idea of lives or things that are so like inherently video gamey mm. um, are always very cool to me. So when the whole concept is that your character runs through and dies every day and then he loops back and starts over, like it makes the respawn system it explains itself so perfectly and you don't have to ask that question. Yeah. Like I'm playing the I'm, we'll discuss maybe this a little more later too, but I'm playing the messenger right now. Okay. And it's the same way. They have they have the uh every time your character dies, there's a built in reason for why you come back and why this all works out and uh and just little stuff like that is always Always very cool to me. That is awesome. Well, I'm gonna go on a quick side tangent because it doesn't matter. Um, I believe Bioshock. They explain because there's like Vita Chamber, so you die and you respawn in a Vita Chamber. But I believe I don't know if what game if it was either two or Infinite, where your character is either the son or a clone of the main guy in Bioshock, so that's why you're able to use him because only he's supposed to be able to use him. But since you have his DNA, you can. So not everyone who would run in there and get killed would get revitalized, but you do because of your relation to the the guy who can use them. I don't know if you played Bioshock. It's 10 years old. Get over if you get spoiled. Um, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure, but I think it's like either you're his son or you're a clone, so you're able to do the stuff that was set up specifically for him. So in the game, it's like you died, but you came back because you're his son, and your DNA matches, and you get revitalized. Is it supposed to be Andrew Ryan or the character from Infinite? I think, that is Andrew, your clone. I think you're Andrew Ryan's son. I've only ever played. Half it's in the audio log. There's so much. There's yeah. so much more of those games, but I think there's a cool thing in there about that. I might be wrong if I'm wrong. I don't care. I've played halfway through the first Bioshock and a little bit of the second one, and that was kind of it. So I never finished any of them. If you want a deep dive, there's it's out there. A deep dive? Is that a Bioshock pun? Because it's underwater. God, you're right. I'm perfect. <clears throat> you're welcome. <laughs> Did that for you. Thank you. Anything else for PS5 for you though? Um, there's a couple little things here and there as far as their multi-platinum stuff. Most of that big stuff from the event was all the the stuff that's going straight to PlayStation. We've got other places to talk about that. But there were a couple things that looked like Little Devil Inside looked interesting. Mm. And uh, I just think the art style looked really great. And there's some stuff there that it could be very good. It has potential. It, uh, it definitely stood out to me just from the art alone and kind of seeing the world that they lived in. Um, Godfall has almighty kill your gods awful or fun potential where mm. I don't, I don't know why I'm getting the vibe that this could be not great or it could be really, really solid. Um, but that looks cool. And then, um, and then bug snacks, man. Bug snacks. Just bug snacks. It looks so weird. I and love I the song. Yeah, and I love the song, and uh, I don't know any of the words because there was other stuff going on. But I just that tune has been in my head for days, and then I just say bug snacks out loud, out of context, and it's a uh, it's a good time. Um, but yeah, it it looks interesting and it looks weird, and I don't know how what kind of legs it has as far as like if the whole thing is just like oh you ate a thing and now your arms look like a food like is that a game i don't know but but there's parts of it that make me go yeah that is a game and i'd like to play it that it seems it seems to me i know people have been making the comparison but like viva pinata it's like i i run a farm with pinatas sure why not yeah sure it's a good time all right. Well, after our bug snack talks, <laughs> we'll go ahead and get into the main quests. We call it. So after the PS5 event. And kind of the we're still waiting on the Xbox to have their big drop about their first party games. Mm -hmm. How are you anticipating or just feeling about next gen in general? So we'll do this on a scale, but which way am I leaning currently, you know, as Mm -hmm. we go back and forth and get closer to the holiday season? So obviously PlayStation five, at least as far as the games had the, had the uh, capacity to strike first and just say here's a bunch of exclusives and stuff you had no idea was coming like i thought the next spider-man game was way farther away than this year like i had no idea that was on the way um and i had no idea that we would get to play a game as miles 
and that's amazing. And like, I'm very excited about that. And, uh, same goes for, they, they just, they really came out of the gates and, uh, and again, we'll, we'll have to see what Xbox does. So it's still kind of, a uh, holding the, uh, holding the gavel up in the air, waiting for the counterpoint to come across, you know, but, Hmm. um, I mean, it looks like what we knew about this console. It looks like the Xbox, you know, One X we knew is the more powerful of the consoles, even compared to the PS4 Pro. And you'll get, you know, better graphical fidelity and all that out of it. And um, if you play a lot of third party, that is super great uh, because it probably is the better option. I am, uh, what's the word? I'm ambivalent on the controllers. I like both controllers. I can mm. get down either way. Um, so, uh, and again, we haven't really, we've seen some images of the two new controllers, but we haven't, I don't really, until I get them in my hands, I can't really give a great opinion. See yeah. more, I guess, once there's more info, but um, PlayStation 5 is definitely starting out strong with with what exclusives they've come out with and knowing what Xbox potentially has as their options for exclusives is going to be a big difference. And really what what new IPs they can come with. I think the problem with Xbox is they've been kind of bogged down and like, here's the sixth Halo game and here's the fifth Gears game. And those are great. I love both of those franchises to death. Me and my girlfriend have been replaying Gears. We beat one and we're halfway through two and we're trying to get all the way through them and then we're going to run all the way up through five. I'm yeah. waiting to play five until we do all of that. Cause she hasn't played three and four. So we're, we're running through the whole thing until we get caught up here. But, it's good stuff. It just feels like it feels like you know what's there. Hmm. Where I think if they can get something that's new and interesting and brings people in, that is going to be huge for them. And stuff like Cuphead's a good start. Like I don't, I don't think that was first party. I think they just got the exclusive rights to it. But like Cuphead was amazing, and it was worth getting on Xbox. So if they can get more stuff like that out of the tank, and less Sea of Thieves: State of Decay then I think we have a real conversation on our hands. Sure. Yeah, for me, like you said, PS5 event, it was four games, and they showed some really good games. Yeah, I'm, um, for me, it was Horizon was the main one that I'm like, oh, that's the yeah. one I would buy a console for. Spider-Man, ah, God, they duped me, because it looked I'm like, oh, they're making a sequel. Then it's like, oh, it's just, uh, we're remastering it. And it ended up being like, it's going to be a standalone, like um, Lost Legacy or First mm-hmm. Light was, which is cool. But they definitely had me thinking it was like a whole new sequel. So that, like, I could wait on that. But it does look, I do like that. Um, but yeah, like I said, Horizon for me was, a, uh, that's a system seller to me. Not the standalone Miles Morales game. No, yeah. Horizon's certainly the system seller. I just kind of anticipated that we would get something for Horizon. So yeah. I kind of I kind of had that on my on my brain before the event. Like, thinking about what what exclusives all came earliest on last gen. And thinking about, okay, well, Horizon was before God of War and Spider-Man, so we're more likely to see that. And, you know, what's what's Atlas up to? Just They just did Royal, so they probably don't have anything in the tank yet. So I was kind of knew that was coming, but I was like, there's no way they revealed anything Spider-Man yet, not even considering it. And then they started the show with it. Yeah. So that was really what got me. And you're right, there was a little bit of confusion about what the game actually is. But I'm... Uh, if it's like a $40 title, like how Lost Legacy was, and it's a Miles Morales full game, I am in for that story. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite Spider-Man movie, and uh, I am, I'm down for whatever Miles story they want to tell. I will play it the day it is available. Oh yeah, no, that's cool. I definitely, I'm excited for it, but it's not a system seller for me, just personally. Yeah, no, um, I, I don't think it's on that level of the giant AAA game, knowing that it's going to be more limited story game yeah but it is cool you know won't have multiplayer too yeah yeah um but then for me we don't know for xbox yet like you said they got to bring some new games we're getting definitely halo infinite because mm-hmm. that's a big system seller but they also bought what 14 studios two mm-hmm. three years ago at this point yep. so you got us all those studios have to have something to show pretty not all of them but most of them have to have something to show so mm-hmm. that's what if xbox comes out next month and they show off like eight or nine new games supposed to come out in the next two years. And they're all like, if half of them are new and they look really cool, like that's it for, I mean, I'm going to get them anyways, whatever. What am I talking about? Of course I'm going to buy an huge. Xbox. Yeah. But if they can show me new cool stuff from those studios that they bought, I'm hyped. Like they had, they bought the pillars people 
Um, yep. Pillar yeah, as soon as what, the day that, yeah, the day that they acquired Obsidian um, was the day that Xbox stock went up for me. Well, they and Obsidian just put out Outer Worlds, so they did just put out a game. That's right, but that was a smaller team. They have multiple so. teams there. Yes, so. they do. Yeah, they do. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they're getting more Xbox money and they can diversify a bit because they did have to cut back their teams a lot because like Pillars ended up being partially like crowdfunded. Yeah. So I know th- I know they're not like on the level of you know multiple multiple teams rocking stuff out, but they are. Um, maybe with that newfound Xbox money, they did have the ability to expand a bit. And God, I hope so. Obsidian is my favorite studio. Yeah, they're great. They do good stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, we don't know till we see those games next month. And I'm hoping just for fun, like there's a lot of heavy hitters, just so we yeah. can be like, hey, Xbox have all this cool stuff. As far as it goes like, for purchasing, the main thing we don't know is price. And I know Phil Spencer said. Yeah we're willing to be competitive on price, AKA Microsoft is backing them up and saying, we're going to sell it. They're either going to meet or beat PlayStation five. is what I'm thinking. The way that they're talking, like they're going to be at the price and PlayStation five. I have no, I honestly think that's going to be like a $600 console. I think it is completely in their own possibility. The disc version is $600. I wouldn't be shocked. So for me, like I'm going to get Xbox first anyways. And I'm like, I'll get the disc looks um, PS five. And let's hope that that price isn't ridiculous. Um, but again, I mean, I play everything. I'm, I'm going to play PC more than anything, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> if these games run better on this PC than those consoles, whatever, who cares? Yeah, I'm very interested in how the price thing plays out. Because I think a lot of what ended up determining the price for the PS4 was the price of the Xbox One. Yeah, that, it connect, was, that extra $100 for Connect killed the Xbox One at launch. It was so quick that they said, here's our price, $500. And then PS4 almost immediately turned around and said, $400. Greetings. Yeah. Here you go. Please exactly. buy our console. There, everyone, was, everyone's waiting now. Everyone's like, we're going to tell you one yeah. thing, maybe. Like, no one wants to say it first. The pitcher's staring at the guy on first, waiting for him to steal second. And just, he's never going to throw the pitch. So it's just, who's going who's gonna to give? And who's going to just say, all right, we have to announce a price. And, you know, they have to hope the other studio is not willing to go $100 lower. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think you're right. I think I wouldn't be surprised if the discless PS4 is 400 and the main one is five. I wouldn't be surprised if it's five and six. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 350 and 450. I, it could be anywhere. I, I think the power of it, and you know, you figured it's a marked upgrade from the PS4, so you figure it should be theoretically more expensive. But consoles have shown us that's never really the case. They always kind of stay around the same price anyway. Yeah, and there being two versions does give them the option to say, like, we can upcharge on this because the discless is going to make us so much money because we don't have to deal with retailers. Mm-hmm. People are coming straight to us for the product, and we don't have to, like, give any money to GameStop or buy or Walmart or whoever. So maybe they just say, like, let's, let's try to get everyone digital anyway because it makes us more money. And let's say, yeah, here's one with the disc, and you guys have a fun time, but, you know, maybe they'll price it a bit. And we'll see what happens. And the same thing for the Xbox. I, I've that's so up in the air for me that I'm I have no idea what the answer is. Yeah, I'll know whenever I hear price and I see those Xbox games. But <laughs> yeah. I think price is going to be that's what's that's they're just holding out. Like it's going to be real interesting. Yeah, so. I have heard some there's some leaks from Play Asia or something where PS5 seven hundred euros or something. But I, yeah, it means very little to me. Yeah, that could be an actual price. Yeah, if it's yeah. not official, I don't care. I'm with you. Exactly. No, I don't care. I thought it would at least be addressed that it's out there, but I don't take it too seriously. Yep. The only thing that I've ever heard is that the um, the components to build a PlayStation 5 before manufacturing or shipping is $470. Okay. So That's once you manufacture and ship it, like if you sell it at $500, you're taking a loss. Yeah, is that the discless one, or was that the one? With the I disc? don't know. It was just it was on okay. uh, Rebel okay. FM. If anyone listens, to that Arthur Geese, who works in the video game industry, said that's what he heard. So we'll see. Okay. Again, I want to see official prices from the companies, and then I'll I'll know what to do. Yeah, I'm with you. I think mm-hmm. we and them are taking the wait and see approach right now. <laughs> like, let's figure this out, guys. Yeah. All right, so we'll go to the one of the more interesting parts of the show. I think. What have you been playing? I guess. What what equipment are you taking on your quest? I forgot that I was supposed to theme the podcast after like going on adventures. So what's your what equipment are you playing with? <laughs> Steam games that we were talking about. Um, uh, <laughs> so I've been playing a little bit of everything. I've been playing 
I guess what I've been playing most of this week, we'll get in, into our Game Pass weekly segment, which is coming up. So I won't talk about that yet, but I did mention I've been playing The Messenger, having a very good time with that. I, um, I have not played all that many 2D platformers in a long time. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've managed to miss Shovel Knight and Hollow Knight, and I was never even really played the Castlevania games as I was coming up as a gamer, but whatever reason this appealed to me, and I don't know if it's like the time travel mechanic and the bouncing back from 8-bit, 16-bit kind of thing just appealed to me in a certain way, and um, it's free on Game Pass. So enjoy, listeners of the podcast. Is that um, the PC version of Game Pass for Messenger? I'm playing on I'm playing on PC on beta for Messenger yet. Okay, and, cool. Um, and yeah, it's a really good time. The platforming is really good, and it's really funny and quirky and weird, and the shopkeeper uh, really drives the game home as being entertaining outside of kind of what is a basic story Hmm. but it's uh you know it's a very good time i'm playing the messenger i've been playing minimal animal crossing here and there keeping up the island you know buying and cashing in turnips upgrading rooms you know the regular stuff the grind yeah (laughs) yeah and then um and then leading into a bit for again to our game pass weekly segment um uh, which is some games that share the kind of genre here. I've been playing a game on Steam called Grim Dawn, mm-hmm. which is very Diablo 2 esque. Uh, it is like, you know, a, a looter action RPG and uh, very cool leveling up upgrading elements where it's the only action RPG I can think of like this off the top of my head that has like multi classing. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. So, and it's um, it's kind of forced. Like you start the game with no class, and you just play. And then at level two, you pick one of six options. And then at level ten, you pick another one, and you invest however much of your level ups into the two as you go back and forth. And there's, so I mean, I don't, I'm not really into math and differential equations, but if you guys want to figure out what each combination of six different classes is, split up, please feel free. Hold on, but hold it's, on. Uh, a lot. Oh, good. Okay. Thanks, guy in the chair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's uh, it's a good time. I'm playing with some of my friends of mine, and we all kind of like split the party up and kind of tried to cover all the bases of the different classes that are available. And it's, you know, nothing like killing an enemy whose name is blue instead of white and then getting the item that's yellow instead of blue. Fun really, time. really enjoy that life. Equipping stuff, leveling up passive abilities that don't make you feel any different, but it's still fun. That's my thing. I love Diablo 2. I love games like that. Grim Dawn, Wilson, very into those. And those will influence our Game Pass Weekly conversation. But that's been a lot of it. I'm still playing Greedfall, but that's kind of yeah. fallen off the wayside as I've been playing other things. But it's a good time. It's a, it's a solid 7. But same thing as we talked about before. It's got some nice factions, and it's got some... Uh, some nice choice in the matter. Not a lot of it. A lot of it's still pretty linear, but you can like choose to be a jerk to people and screw people over, or like do. not not be a good guy. Yeah, Mike has been very diplomatic, playing a diplomat. So I guess that I'm doing his job. But that uh that pretty much covers it, except for the the random stuff thrown in here and there. But that's that's mainly what I've been playing this week. What about you, Adam? Uh, for me, uh, besides the Game Pass game, I've played a ton of Apex Legends. Like, that's a game that, of course, everyone knows what it is at this point. Um, when Season 5 came out, because I, I play it sparingly. Like, I would jump on once every two months or something. But Season 5, man, I don't know. I've been on that grind. I play every single day. I'm on there, you know, like, I gotta get my dailies done. I gotta do all this. Having a great time playing with randoms and duos and getting wins all the time. It's wild. Um, I've legit probably put about... 30 hours from that game the last three weeks or something like that. Wow. Maybe two or three weeks. Oh, yeah, a lot more than I've been playing normally. So, loving that Apex stuff. Um, and outside of that, I went to, back to Assassin's Creed Origins because it was on sale with the DLC. Because I, I mean, you, you'll learn this about me. I've played literally every single Assassin's Creed game and beat them 100%. Uh, but wow. I never played the DLC for Origins. So, I went back and did a new game plus and then going to play the, the DLC for that. You are a glutton for punishment, sir. Glutton for uh, for good 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 boy assassins. That's what I'm <laughs> glutton for. Oh man, love those games so much. Um, and yeah, I mean, just stuff here and there. Like I'll play something for ten minutes, jump into WWE, not WWE. That game's awful. NBA 2K for like a game or two, just to 
dick around and listen to a podcast while I'm playing. But yeah, mostly Apex and uh, just whatever else. That is multi-platform and was revealed at the PS5 show. We had our first little bit of footage of NBA 2K21 and what that's going to look like on next gen. A lot of sweat. Real pretty. Always sweat. Every new game is like, look how sweaty these dudes are. Is this what you guys bought this game for? Basketball? No. We bought this game for sweaty men. I'll only this buy if Chris Anderson's in it. That's, that's, you're going to be out of luck and out of shape if you're looking for Chris <laughs> Anderson to be there. I've got a classic <laughs> team. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do have... They do have that uh, the Heat team that he's on, I think. Assuming he gave up his rights to be on it, but see, I'm uh, I'm pretty sure what year Heat team is on that. We're gonna go down a rabbit hole because I've big three I'm years, so oh, wait, way, way too about? into two oh, nine, ten, something like that. No, it was either the 2011, 2012 team that's in yeah. that game, or it's the 2012, 2013. It's one of the title teams that they put in the game, but they only did one, not both. And Chris mm-hmm. Anderson was on both of those teams, so it doesn't matter. So yeah, so it, as long day. as he gave up his rights, yeah, second-hand Birdman is in NBA 2K21. Second-hand Birdman. All right, that might be your <laughs> nickname from now on. How uh, fucking dare you? This podcast <laughs> just got rated R. We'll bleep that if we need to. I'll be all right. All right, so moving on to Game Pass Weekly, which is the segment of the show where we talk about all things Game Pass because it's an awesome service, and anyone who owns an Xbox or a PC should have it. All right, Jake, go ahead and give me these new releases on Game Pass. Yeah, so our ones that just came out, new to it this week, uh, I think just on, it was before the 15th that some of these games came out, but yeah, we got No Man's Sky, we got Dungeon of the Endless, we got Kingdom Hearts 1.5235 Compromise. Um, I, we don't play Kingdom Hearts games, so I, some of those. Multiples of those, some of those. All I think all of the Kingdom Hearts games are on Xbox now. Yeah, three twenty eight dreams over read only memories. They just start putting other game names in there. I'm sure Re-ch- no one could rechain to oblivion. Yeah, all that nonsense stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Of that list, No Man's Sky is awesome, especially after all the updates. So if no one's ever played that, I love that game. Um, Dungeon of the Endless, don't know what it is, but it has dungeon in the name, so maybe I'll check it out. Kingdom Hearts, no, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. I have not played No Man's Sky, but not not because of... I just missed it when it came out, mm-hmm. and I tried not to buy into all the hate that it got, because, you know, I think people took that a little bit over the top, but it does seem to have been even outshone a lot of those people's expectations. The people who really went in on that game when it first came out, and it's done a lot to uh, improve its reputation, hopefully. So I think coming to Game Pass and being free will show a lot of people what they've done since the launch and hopefully yeah, change people's minds on um, well, oh, the studio. I'm blanking. Hello Games. Hello Games, yeah. Hopefully change their mind on Hello Games and, and get those guys out of some people's uh, you know, naughty list. Yeah, no, that game's legit awesome. I only played it after the updates and I had a great time. I didn't play it at launch, so that was good to you. Um, the game's coming soon. Not quite out yet. Uh, these all come out on the 18th, so uh, Tonight being Monday night is three days from now, but when you're listening, it's the 18th. Uh, they're going to get Bard's Tale, Remastered and Resnarked, and Thronebreaker. Those are both coming out this week to uh, Game Pass. And the ones we're losing that we actually lost today, I'm not sure if they that means they're already gone or if they'll be gone at midnight of the 15th, is uh, Everspace, Resident Evil Revelations, Riptide, GP, Renegade, Riverbond, Scream Ride, Super Hot, and Supermarket Shriek. Seems like they just started in the R's and S's and just yeah, they're like six of them. All right, yeah, it's like where do we start randomly here? You guys are gone. <laughs> the only one of the games I'm vaguely familiar with is Super Hot. That's because the VR version. I don't console like, and then I don't actually know what Resident Evil Revelations is. What kind of side that, piece story is that? Revelations was the one that originally was on 3DS and then came to console afterwards. That and explains a lot. You're on a cruise ship. It is pretty mm. fun. Okay. And Super yeah, so Hot is good as well. Yeah. So but you're too late. Uh, too late? Yeah, you just missed it. Yeah, you guys, if you're listening live, which you don't have the ability to do, you have two hours and some change to get to play it for free. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's the stuff that is coming to and leaving Game Pass this week. We'll try to keep that list updated every week as we uh, as we go forward so you guys know what's there and what you missed out on. 
But uh, Adam, I think it's time for us to talk about our weekly Game Pass game that we're going to be playing. Yes, the game we reviewed is Minecraft Dungeons. Um, it is the Minecraft version of Diablo, pretty much, is the the point of it. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. The elevator um, pitch. That's right. Yeah. Uh, how did you... For me, I like Diablo fine. Like, I think it's okay. I didn't play it a lot. I also played the game by myself like an idiot. Apparently, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, so for Minecraft Dungeons, I played half of it by myself and half of it with uh, two people and then one person. Um, I had a good time. I think the game starts out extremely easy. And I was like, all right, this is whatever. But then when you start to get a little farther into it, things get more difficult and I think more fun. Uh, I didn't get as close to the end as you did. Uh, I think it's fine. And again, it didn't pay anything. For this is a game that maybe is not my kind of game, but I can definitely see a group of people playing the heck out of it and going back and trying harder and, you know, the Diablo loop, I suppose. So if for me, I'm like, yeah, try it out. It's cool if you like that kind of thing. I like the aesthetic. Multiplayer is fun. You know, I, but also that's not my kind of thing, but I enjoyed it. See, that kind of game is my kind of thing. As we, are, as we have already discussed, my topics on, you know, Grim Dawn and talking about that earlier, I am very into that kind of looter action RPG and the dungeon crawler, and I have had a lot of fun with those games like that my entire life when I got Diablo 2 when it was a new release when I was like 9 years old. The first mature game I ever played, I think. And uh, I still, I beat Diablo 2 this year. It tells you who I am as a person and what kind of games I'm still playing. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I definitely started off going oh well, this is like baby's first Diablo and I'm not going to play this all that much. And then once you get out of like the first or second level I was like, alright, great. Well, they have variable difficulties. That's exactly what I needed. First chance I got, I scaled up the difficulty and picked the top one that would let me pick. So I was mm. fighting, you know, nine or ten power levels down from what was recommended for the level. And that was where the game started to get fun for me. Okay. Because uh, it was really, that really cranked up the uh, the difficulty of it and made it a lot more of a challenge than just walking through and mashing A kind of brainlessly. You really had to... Uh, be careful with a lot of stuff you're doing and, and make sure that your armor and your weapons are all like optimized to make sense. Like if you're wearing the armor for archers, but you're trying to melee, like you're going to die. Like without a doubt. So like if you put on the armor that gives you the boost to your arrow damage and everything, then you got to commit to shooting arrows and uh, that stuff. And the, the artifacts that you have the access to that kind of give you some abilities led to some cool stuff. Um, I'm sure there's more as the game goes on that once you really get to the end game, which I got right before, I think I got to the last boss and died twice and didn't have time to go back and beat it. But maybe it unlocks some more stuff and you can go like farm artifacts and get new abilities and maybe there's more stuff there. The one downside of it is that I don't like that the there wasn't really much personal customization. I feel like it was all just equipment based based no, on the traps yeah, you get. It's a skin and then your equipment. That is all. Yeah. But I really like the ability, like, some of my favorite parts of those games are getting into the skill trees and figuring out how I want the character and what combinations would be cool. And because it is just all equipment-based, um, you don't really have that as much. But I guess you do have a version of it in that you can start off playing an arrow user, and then all of a sudden, if you find a really great weapon and armor that work well together, all of a sudden you're a tank. And, yeah. you know, you're not really bound to anything, which is nice, especially for people who... You assume the, the main audience for this are people who played Minecraft, which I can say, me contributing this conversation, I have never touched Minecraft for a single second in my life. Oof. I've never played it. I have watched minor videos of some people playing it a little, but I've never played Minecraft, so I have no knowledge of the lore or if there's lore or how much of this game just made up a story on the spot about Illagers fighting villagers, which is just chef's kiss creative. I do just... love that the bad guys is called our illagers. Like that's pretty yeah. awesome. It uh it reminds me of the Beastie Boys. With license yeah. to ill. These these are the illagers. Yeah. This whole town is ill. Yeah. It's Mr. Mr. Beastie himself is the main voice of the main bad guy. Wait, what? Did you make that up? I'm... Yeah, I don't lie to me. Oh wait, hold on. <laughs> There's no voice acting. <laughs> Don't know where. Yep. No, there is voice acting. There's a narrator. There's voiceover. Yeah, yeah. That was a fine job. 
Just but I, what little bit of story they did tell, I I didn't mind. Some was a little a little corny and a little basic, but when your game has no lore and no no source material besides like these guys are green and they blow up and here's a diamond pickaxe, like they managed to pull a little bit out of it, and they made each level like. Uh, basically, once you get a couple levels in, you unlock like the world map, and you can choose any one of five levels. And once you beat them, there's only like three more before the game's over. So you can go in any order you want, and they make it out to be where you're still contributing to the story, no matter what the order goes, without it feeling weird and out of sync, mm. which I like. Um, again, like choice, agency matters. It made even each little quest feel like it was mildly important to your character story. And uh, overall, I'd say it was a good time. Do I think I'm going to continue playing it after this week? Maybe just enough to beat it. Because I don't feel like I can bring myself to leave it at the last boss. So you got to at least beat it. You're right there. I'm, I'm right, yeah. I'm, but th- that's a, a traumatic part of the problem, too, though. Is every time you die at the last boss, you, or every time you die, you just go all the way back to the beginning of the level. Ooh. And those levels, there's only seven or eight of them. Those levels can take 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Depending on what difficulty you're on and how much you're trying to full area. And, you know, if you're a nut like me and you want to make sure every part of the map is lit up so you covered everything and opened every chest, like, those, uh, all of a sudden, you you get to the last boss of the game and you die. And I was like, congratulations. You've got to play another 40 minutes of this game that you just played. Congratulations, be, go back. <laughs> that's going to be the big barrier for me. There's not really a checkpoint system. You'd have multiple lives on each of the levels, but. That last level, there's three mini bosses, two or three mini bosses that lead up to the last boss fight, and he just has moves that one shot you. So Oof. it's like you have to get there losing no lives, and you have to really like work to do it. And if you don't, 40 minutes, go back. 40 minutes, go back. Like it took me an hour and a half to fail twice last night. I'm like, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd, I'd give it one more go and be like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it some more tries, and we'll see how it goes. But it's definitely, uh, it's definitely that's as far as I'm going one way or another. I will play it enough to beat it, and there's enough other games like it out there, even other ones that are free, like Path of Exiles, free on Steam and free on console right now, and that is a great dungeon crawler action RPG. Um, um. Yeah, and uh, there's there's other stuff that's available for the same price point that don't involve you paying even a subscription fee for Game Pass, but it is a good time if for what it's worth, the little bit of time you have with it. And there is more stuff coming. They do have on the map map that there's some islands levels coming. That's from, I'm sure it's paid DLC that'll be out mm-hmm. at some point that you can enjoy if you're really into it. There is more. They are going to still support it, which is always a good sign with games like this. But um. That's most of my take. That's that's good. That's what I have to say about Minecraft Dungeons. Me and my nine-year-old son had a good time. See, oh, that's great. Yeah. So that's. I feel like that's part of what it's built for, too, right? Yeah. Like I feel like it. If it's couch co-op, that's like almost a perfect good time couch co-op game, and uh, and um. Yeah, I played it all single player. So maybe it would have been different for me too if I played multiplayer, but just I enjoyed it out. more multiplayer, but also I'm playing yeah. with my kids, so it's all it's a little different, I guess. Yeah, that's a good time though. Good father son bonding. Oh yeah, you gotta get good, but it was alright. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was our in-depth review of Minecraft Dungeon, which is available on Game Pass. Feel free to give us suggestions what we should play next week. We picked for you this week. But if there's any Game Pass game that you think that we should review or talk and play over, go ahead and write us in uh, xboxquestpodcast at gmail.com or just hit us up on Twitter at xboxquest. Uh, but yeah, let us know. But for next week, we've already decided to pick it. We're playing Streets of Rage 4. Yes, that is uh, another genre that I'm very into. I like, uh, I like beat-em-ups. I very much enjoy games like Castle Crashers and some of the weirder ones like Charlie Murder back on the 360. I don't remember. So, Charlie Murder in the washing machine or something like that? It was just called Charlie Murder, the one that I played. It was the it was the Castle Crashers, but you were all like metal metal rock artists. Very music. There's something about dishwashers. I'm going to look it up. You keep talking. It very There's well could have been. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, and then obviously, you know, I go back to the old school in the days of Battletoads and, uh, and Double Dragon and 
Turtles in Time, which I, again, still play to this day on my Super Nintendo that I still have hooked up in my house right now. It looks weird on a 65-inch flat screen, but it's a good time. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that Streets of Rage 4 will deliver bit, a little bit of more of that in the modern era. Every time a new side-scrolling beat-em-up comes out, I at least give it a shot in the hopes that it can give me some of that nostalgic glory for a genre, a genre that doesn't get as much love as it used to. Yeah, no, it's I played the first couple of levels just before we even started doing the podcast, and it's it's a good time. Uh, my bad, the the studio who made that game, their first game was the Dishwasher Dead Samurai. Oh, so there okay. is a connection. It's not Charlie Murder, but that studio's first game was something about a dishwasher. Anyways, yeah, Streets of Rage 4 next week. Play it and let us uh, let us know your opinions on it. Yes, right. and, and that's one thing we, we failed to mention a little bit, but one of our hopes for this segment is that... Uh, you know, we either pick a game with us or what's suggested, and then the idea was that you, the listeners at home or in your car, wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, watching us on video, wherever you are, that we will um, we will have uh, you guys play along with us, and then can either contribute to the conversation throughout the week or you know be able to respond to us after the fact. But it'll be kind of like our own Game Pass book club where. We all commit to playing something for at least a week, and you know maybe you love it and stick around after that, or maybe it hits you know the Monday where we record, and you say I've had enough of this, and I'm never coming back, and delete it from the Xbox and get it out of your life. But that's the hope. So hopefully you guys participate with us and can uh, contribute to our conversation here. Hell yeah! All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week on Xbox Quest. Leave a star, five star review, share with a friend, all that yada yada yada. Click the bell, do all the good stuff. Uh, feel free to follow us on social media at Xbox Quest. If you ever want a guest on the show, suggest a topic, tell us how you feel about the Game Pass Weekly game, or just say anything in general, feel free to shoot us an email, xboxquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Jake, for joining me on our quest. We'll continue our journey with Xbox next week. Have a good one, y'all. And we out. We are from the south. Hello, fellow Xbox adventurers, and welcome to this week's episode of Xbox Quest. Uh, the funniest... Wait, nope, I'm going to delete all of this. I forgot <laughs> to type in my funny quip <laughs> instead of actually <laughs> I was just reading it word for word. Oh, man. I'm an idiot. Okay. Hello, fellow Xbox adventurers, welcome to this week's episode of Xbox Quest. The number one... Oh, God, I clicked out of the dock. <laughs> what are you doing, man? What I'm going to put this all at the end of the episode because I don't even want to do it. All right. Hold on, hold on.